live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Where do I start with the Lake Show? Can't lose either way. I think I'll start with the Lake Show. When Dylan Brooks, er, villain Brooks, er, victim Brooks, called LeBron old, he wasn't wrong. He didn't lie. He just stated a fact. Dude is old. I don't care. He's old. Old as hell. There's no denying that. But what the victim got completely backwards, well, aside from everything else he also said, was that calling that dude old was some sort of a dig or a burn or an insult or a roast. When in reality, it's like one of the more impressive things ever. LeBron is essentially an NBA geriatric, and yet he's still out here absolutely dominating the young man's game. And not just hoisting up jumpers either or showing some random old man strength. I mean, this guy's doing everything. He's getting up and down. He's doing the dirty work. He's crashing the glass. He's drawing charges under the basket. He's laying out for loose balls. He's getting buckets in the clutch. So say what you want about this old man. Say what you want about all of his excuses. I mean, it's not failure at all. Say what you want about all of his fibs and caps and lies. That's a good-ass team over there. Say what you will about his roster construction or deconstruction. Say what you will about what he did to the greatest movie franchise ever, which was ruin it forever it's all fair it's all justified criticism but what you cannot do is act like he's not still ludicrously impressive on the floor what you cannot do is act like he's not the most astonishing 38 year old NBA player ever you can't act like he doesn't belong right near or at the top of the goat conversation because he absolutely does and he still wants to prove it to you And he's still laying out, and he's still leaving it all out there. This 38-year-old dude wasn't just the best player on the floor last night. It wasn't even close. And then he only got better as the game went on, which is why he was once again serenaded by bleeding goat sounds from his teammates when he returned to the locker room. a word for that what is it what is it insufferable but fact of the matter is I got to give it to this you get to be insufferable when you do things like that when you do things like take over the biggest game of the year so far at 38 when you do things like drive and finish to send the game into OT with a tenth of a second left on the clock. No fouls to give here. Six seconds left. LeBron's got it. Tillman on him. Lakers down two. James off the window. It goes! What a basket by James! Timeout Memphis! We're tied at 104! It almost makes you forget all the cringe and how insufferable it can all be. That 38-year-old man attacking the rack with under a second left. I mean, huge bucket, huge spot. 
had to go high off the glass to get it over to Jaron Jackson Jr., your defensive player of the year. And he had to do all of that just to tie it. All that so a 38-year-old could go out there and play five more minutes. Not only play five more minutes, but get that entire team on his back for five more minutes. As if all of that weren't already enough. He, of course, also had the chance to stick in the dagger in OT in a one-on-one matchup with victim Brooks. I mean, it was all so perfect, right? And, of course, victim was the one who got roasted and cooked. Dylan Brooks picks up James. He wanted James. He gets him. James drives. James is fouled. And one. I mean, you got to give it to this guy. Remember, it was victim who said that he would not respect the greatest scorer in NBA history unless he personally gave him 40. I'm wondering if victim will instead accept 20 and 20 instead, as in 20 points and 20 rebounds, as in the thing that LeBron did last night and became the oldest player ever to do last night. Not just in a postseason game, but in any NBA game. The oldest guy ever to go 20 and 20. It's incredible. The dude never had a 20 point, 20 rebound game in his entire career until last night. In fact, nobody ever had. And he pulled it off in this game against a team at 38 years of age. So you got to give him a pass because you knew something baggy was coming in the presser. When the guy does something that amazing, somebody's going to bag it up. And it won't just be him. It'll be somebody baggy asking a baggy question, which will elicit an even more baggy response. Notice the correlation between excellence and bagginess. There's a direct line, a direct correlation. He does something absolutely incredible, and then the bagginess follows. Check this. LeBron, do you ever amaze or surprise yourself? Yep. (laughs) He's LeBron James of bag. There's a hard-hitting question right there, man. Hard-hitting question. It's an insufferable answer, but you know what? I got to give it to this dude. I just have to. You get to be insufferable when you ball the hell out like that at 38. So as much as it pains me to allow it, I am going to allow it, no matter how insufferable or baggy it is, because him going 20-20 offsets in a playoff game against a guy who called him out, him going 20-20 essentially offsets how unbelievably insufferable and baggy he can be. 2020 Trump's bagginess. Yep. Your Highness, do you ever, ever surprise yourself? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Excuse me, Your Majesty. Do you ever look in the mirror and just think or ask yourself, how? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Every time I look in the mirror... 
What you're not supposed to do, however, you're supposed to do what LeBron did. What you're not supposed to do, though, is run a bunch of wild smack before you've accomplished anything at all. Fight way the hell outside your weight class. And write checks with your mouth that you and your teammates cannot cash. And then, worst of all, blame it on everybody else. And then even worse than worst of all, run away, hide, and not own any of it or answer any questions about the guy that you called out who just abused you again. Looking at you, victim. So not only did victim try to blame us, the media, and you, the fans, for his own choice to turn heel and call out LeBron and proclaim proudly and arrogantly that he pokes bears, now he doesn't want to talk about it at all. Remember, the last time he did have a comment for the media, this is the nonsense that he vomited up. The media making me a villain, the fans making me a villain, and then that just creates a whole different persona on me. So now you think I intended to hit LeBron James in the nuts. I, I covered that ad nauseum yesterday. I mean, that, that is so lame and so wrong and so whack. But you know what's even more lame and more wrong and more whack? Saying that, saying what you said prior to that, and then ducking out and avoiding the media and not saying jack squat, which is what he did last night. I mean, would you look at this dude? He comes for the alleged goat. He plays horribly. He gets ejected for punching him in the nuts. He blames it on the media and the fans. Chases that with another loss in a must-win game when the GOAT has one of his best games ever. Burns victim personally again in the game's most critical moments. And then when it's over, victim slips out the back door without owning any of it. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. So right when you think this dude can't say or do anything to make himself look worse, he lowers the bar yet again. But you know what, though? Maybe a smart play. Maybe for the best. Because he would have only made it worse for himself and his team had he did stay and open up his mouth again. But in the absence of him staying and addressing what just happened, Twitter went to work on his behalf instead. And by going to work on his behalf, what I mean is it dredged up some other totally regrettable smack that I'm sure victim wishes he had back. But he can't because, as always, the internet is in ink. It is unscrubbable. This is what Twitter uncovered. This is what the victim said about LeBron back in January when he decided to brag about having the answer, having the recipe, having the game plan, knowing what to do to stop LeBron. How were you able to get him being a smaller player than him? He doesn't want to go on that. I was just thinking I'm going left all game. And then it was settled and he would pass the ball. Um, and that's my method. And that's what I, and then play physical with it. Oh, oh, 
So that's pretty easy. It, it was that easy all along. NBA, all you guys have to do is force LeBron left. Boom. Problem solved. You could have undid the last two decades of NBA history and dominance. If y'all just realized back in 03 that this dude does not want to go to his left. He does not want to dribble with his left hand. The answer has been in plain sight all along. Yeah, no, no, it hasn't. Fast forward to overtime last night. Victim guarding LeBron. LeBron blowing right by victim with, wait for it, his left hand to stick the dagger in. Dylan Brooks picks up James. He wanted James. He gets him. James drives. James is fouled. Could all of this be going any worse for you, victim? Or any better for the dude that you called old? Has anything that anybody has ever said backfired so spectacularly? Who doesn't want to go on that? This is why Le Cap can be a big bag and be insufferable and ruin iconic movie franchises and tell us all massive failures are not failures at all. And it's why we have to sit here and listen to more grown-ass men make goat sounds. That's why we have to put up with all of that. Because that old man over there on the other bench is legitimately great. He might be the greatest, period. And victim, you yourself are also a goat. Just a different kind of goat. A normal goat. A guy ran his mouth, proudly claiming that you love to provoke bears, only to have that bear maul you and your entire family. Well played, dude. Well played. And by well played, I mean worst idea ever. And finally, one more note. Took me a minute to get to this because, well, victim and the goat. But I've got some advice for Jaw. Yo, Jaw, assuming that you got the help that you needed, assuming that you're ready to make much better decisions and choices off the floor. Let's talk about what you're doing on the floor. Some unsolicited advice, Jaw. You are an incredibly explosive cat. A max player. All NBA, no doubt. Franchise dude, as long as you can make good decisions off the floor. On the floor, describing your game as just aggressive does not begin to describe your game. It's just doing it an injustice. It's a disservice. My man, I think that in the interest of self-preservation, you are going to need to take it down a notch. Not because you're banged up, but because I don't want you to die on the floor. Not get maimed, not impale yourself on the room, but I mean die on the floor. I don't want some PA guy to jump on the mic in the middle of a game and say, time to die, jaw. Like in the fourth quarter, last night, when you tried to throw down on said goat. Reeves now goes quick, three-pointer, airborne. Morant wants to push. James down there waiting for him. Morant, oh my goodness. Offensive foul, Morant trying to jump over LeBron James. Reckless going to the basket. Reckless also does not begin to do justice to that. My man, I I don't want to embellish this, but I think the jaw tried to dunk over LeBron and took off from the three-point line. 
No, I think he took off from the logo. No, I think that he started and took flight from half court. He tried to jump over LeBron, who was almost at the free throw line. There's attacking the rim, and then there's that. Let me do. What are you trying to prove? You trying to hit your head on the scoreboard, dude? I want to see you playing for a long time, Adam. Adam, if you're listening, and of course you are. How could you not? It's physically incapable for you not to hear. Adam, if you're listening. Can we get the ball kids a safety net or some air mattresses or something for our guy? Morant took the in-ball inbound under his own basket and tried to dunk on the other end of the floor from under his own basket. I mean, my man, I know you got some mad hops and energy. But dude, in the interest of self-preservation, be careful. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back that you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Will Anderson Jr. is my guest. Will, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing good. Well, I just want to say thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. It's good to have you on the show, Will. Appreciate you doing it, too. So let me ask you this. I've spoken to probably half of the first round, I would say, and I've asked them some variation of this question. So let me start you off with this. Given that you've spent pretty much your entire life working towards this moment, you're about to realize a lifelong dream. Where are you at emotionally and mentally right now? How does it all feel? It's so crazy because I was just talking to my mom about this, and I was like, Mom, when I woke up this morning, I was driving. I felt like I had to go play a football game. Like my heart had dropped and I had got real nervous. Like I was like finna go out and put my shoulder pads and helmet on to go play a game. So that's just kind of where my emotions at right now. And it still doesn't really seem real. That's a great answer. You know, it actually is real. And you said something recently too, Will, that I really liked. When somebody suggested to you that you could go as high as number two because you're perceived, quote, as a safe pick because of those numbers I mentioned, because of your body of work, you said, quote, it's not a safe pick. It's the right pick. End of quote. I really like that. Why are you the right pick as opposed to just a safe pick? Yeah, I mean... I can't help that, you know, I'm in the position that I'm in. Uh, I go out there and do everything the right way. Uh, I feel like I'm what a college football, you know, student athlete athlete is. You know, I have uh, everything that you're looking for in an athlete, you know what I'm saying? Um, and just as far as my game, I'm versatile. I can play any position. Um, and then just my character, it speaks, you know, it speaks for itself. Um, I'm going to be able to be in a working force with, you know, having uh, working along with other people. And, you know, I'm going to show respect in the building. I'm going to do whatever, you know, the culture that there is. I'm going to try to uplift it the best that I can. Will Anderson Jr. is joining us. So let me ask you this. Like, it's out of your control. You'll find out soon enough. But you can't control it at this point. However, if you are the right pick and you go as high as number two, then obviously what we're looking at is Alabama maybe having the first two picks if Bryce Young goes first. How likely do you think it is that you two guys go one-two? And then if so, what would that mean to you? Um... 
I think just for both of us, it's just getting the phone call, honestly. And I mean, it will be like a big accomplishment, you know, of course, for us before the school. But, you know, you really can't tell, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, all you got to do is just sit and wait and be patient and trust God's plan and, you know, believe that everything's going to be, you know, what you want it to be. But it will be a big blessing. But, I mean, as long as you, you know, get that phone call and as long as, you, you know, a, a team chooses you, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, like I said, there's so many things out of your control. I'm kind of curious, how have you approached it? Like, do you get caught up in the mock drafts, what people are saying? I would imagine people around you are saying, dude, did you see this? Did you see this? Do you embrace all that and look for it, or do you try to kind of block it out since, to your point, it's out of your control? Yeah. For me, like, when it first started, I was like, oh, yeah, scenario here and there. But now I block it out because it's like you don't know, like, trades can happen, uh, all the free agency stuff been going on. So, really – I just have to trust God's plan and know that, you know, whatever he has in store for me is going to be great. And wherever I end up, it's going to be a big blessing. It's going to be exactly where I need to be at. Talking to Will Anderson Jr., let me ask you about Bryce for a minute. There's been so much made of Bryce's size, his durability. You know, I get that, right? There are measurables. It matters to teams. I understand why there might be a concern about his durability and his size. However, there's certain things you can't measure, right? Certain things that do not show up necessarily at the combine. Things like grit, heart, toughness. You know this dude as well as anybody. We know how smart he is, but how tough is Bryce mentally and physically? Yeah, Bryce is really tough. You know, when we be in the weight room, he'd be working out and everything like that and getting his lift in and, like, you know, usually quarterbacks, they just be over there stretching and stuff, but he actually doing, like, all the lifts with us, upper body lifts, lower body lifts. He's staying after to get extra work in. I think that's what makes him so special. He always takes the necessary steps to be better than everyone, and he knows how much you know, this game means to him, and he loves it so much. But the toughness that he's bringing to the game, the toughness that he brings to practice and to the meeting room is really unmatched. You know, what I'm curious about, you go to Alabama, you had a great career, and I'm going to go back to that in a minute, but you had a really, really great career there, one of the best careers there. I'm curious, what did Nick Saban do specifically to bring out the best in you as a player and help you get ready for the pros? Yeah, so um, it was kind of easy going into uh, Alabama just because um, me and Coach Saban, we share the same mindset, the same mentality, and it was easy for me to accept his coaching and uh, to just follow his lead on everything because, you know, you know that's the high school I come from. It was just kind of like how it was in Alabama. So everything that he was talking about was discipline, commitment, toughness, uh, pride. All those things were easy for me because I was used to it, and that's why I wanted to be at, and I knew I would drive in a coach like that. I'll tell you what, you you have a humility about you, and you're not going to sit here and tell me you're the best thing ever, but Saban said something about you that I don't remember him ever saying about anybody else, the tone. Check this, quote, he was talking about you. Saban said, quote, he has great ability, but he plays to that ability because he's a dog-ass competitor, end of quote. My dude, I don't know that I've ever heard Nick Saban call somebody, at least not publicly, a dog-ass competitor. And he said that about you at Bama's Pro Day. What's it mean to you to hear that from him? Yeah, it means everything because I feel like like later in my life, when I start like going into my sophomore year, my junior year, it was times he had to pull me out of practice just because, you know, I was going so hard. And he knows how much I love the game of football. He knows how much, you know, I spent time studying it. He would walk past, like, he'll come out of his office, I'd be in my coach office and, uh, he'll see me in there working on the board and everything like that. You know, I'm just saying just to separate myself and make sure that I'm preparing for the right way. And, you know, I think it, it just shows, you know, that he trusts me a lot. He has confidence in me and he really believes in my ability and uh, 
uh, what I can do in my future. Will Anderson Jr. joining us for a few more moments. He is appearing courtesy of Old Spice. I'm going to hit that. You know, Will, I know you're looking ahead, not back, but look back for just one more minute. Like, I'm looking at your career. You're coming from a storied program that have had some amazing players. You're going to go down as one of the most uncommon among the uncommon. You're second all-time in sacks, second all-time in tackles for a loss. I mean, arguably one of the very best of the best to attend that school. When you think about those numbers and you step back and you look at that, what does that mean to you? How does that feel? Yeah, um, it's so crazy because, like, I really don't think about it until, like, I get on, like, like these type of things right here and then, like, they remind me because I really, like, I really don't think about it, but just to hear it, and hear the history, I feel like, you know, when you go to a place like Alabama, it's like, it says where legends are made. And it's all about leaving a legacy. I think that's one of the biggest things I want to do is also like win a, a natty, of course. And, I, and that was like one of the biggest companies there. But just, you know, leaving Alabama as a legend is super blessed. Just out of there. Come through there and oh, making history at one and like the big. Will Anderson Jr. joining us. In fact, it sounds like there's three of us. <laughs> a little bit of a feedback. Hey, Will, if you can still hear me right now, let me ask you about the work you're doing with Old Spice. You are occurring courtesy of Old Spice. You're working with them on Old Spice Swagger. What is that program all about and what are you doing with those folks? Yeah, so I mean, like, you can't count on people that you smell bad. They be doing you dirty. But luckily, like, Old Spice got me covered this week with his swagger 24-7. Last freshman, so I have confidence on Thursday night. So I'm smelling good, feeling fresh, and making sure my hygiene is good. So I'm really appreciative of them. Nice job. You got to show up that way because you're going to get your name heard or called pretty early. You were one of just 17 invited by the league for the draft come Thursday night. Will Anderson Jr., great, great career at Alabama. Will, I appreciate it. We had to work to make that happen, but I appreciate you staying in it and coming on the program. Good luck this week and really nice to talk to you. Thank you. I appreciate it for having me. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. So we're open right now between now and then, so I want to get into Aaron Rodgers. Before I do that, let me read this. Romy Rome. I, along with most of Green Bay, appreciate you intentionally omitting any talk of Aaron Rodgers. Let me stop right there. I didn't intentionally omit any talk about Aaron Rodgers. And incredible to me that somebody from Green Bay could misspell the word Aaron as terribly as you did. Listen, I am part Wisconsinite now, right? I pay taxes there. I'm a landowner there. I'm Wisco Jim. How can you be, I'm presuming, a native of Green Bay, and not know how to spell Aaron. I'm not asking you to spell a really difficult word like Belichick. Aaron. Aaron is not spelled A-R-R-O-N. And if you're going to say, hey, Wisco Jim, do you think that you're better than me? 
I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. I am a better speller than you because I can handle Aaron. But you, as a longtime Packer fan, can't? It's hard for me to even get to the gist of your take when I see you badly butcher words like Aaron. I, along with most of Green Bay, appreciate you intentionally omitting any talk of Aaron Rodgers. I did not intentionally omit it. From your first hour, I am sure he is pissed that he didn't take the lead rant. I'm sure he is sitting on the sideline, pouting, ignoring the coach, and not talking to his teammates. I'm glad he's gone. And wish the Jets all the luck in the world with him. They will need it. And a huge thank you to the Jets for taking this bag off of our hands. I am pumped to get to the next chapter started in Green Bay. Go Pack Go! Was sitting on the ice and spearing a fish. Mike in Green Bay. I don't know, dude. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. You're a Green Bay Packer fan who can't spell. But I'm not going to tell you how to feel. You lived it. You know it. If that's the way you feel about this guy and you hate that guy that much, okay. You might not even be wrong. I think the problem with that, and I want to get into it right now, all you're doing is making that chip on his shoulder even bigger. All you're doing is pumping premium rocket fuel into this guy. You know he runs on this hate. Now, what you're probably going to say to me is, it doesn't matter, Rome. We can say whatever the hell we want. He's 39. He's in decline. It doesn't matter how much rocket fuel he's running on or how big of a chip on his shoulder he has. He can't back it up. Yeah, I don't know. Two years ago, he was the back-to-back MVP champ. Maybe he can. We'll see. Listen, I'm not even saying that Green Bay's wrong to make this decision. Honestly, they got to find out what the hell they have in Jordan Love, if anything at all. And time had gone by, and even Aaron did say when he went into his darkness retreat, I'm 90% certain that I'm done. So I could see where Green Bay did what Green Bay did. However, Packer fan, I'd be careful about piling on this guy too much on the way out the door. Because you know he's got rabbit ears. And sees everything, hears everything, and converts everything into fuel. Are you sure you want that? Anyway, he's now a New York Jet. And it's kind of weird. Like, we all knew it was going to happen. And then it finally did happen. And it still seems weird. And almost jarring. But it's real. And he's not going to rock number 12. He's going to wear number 8. Which is even more weird. Number 12 wearing number 8. Number 12 wearing the Jets number 8. Kind of weird. And not necessarily good weird, just weird weird. And by the way, I'm sure Broadway Joe wants to give Aaron. See, Joe Namath gave him his blessing to wear number 12. And I would imagine Broadway Joe, because I saw Rex Ryan puking all over himself like he's some kind of great Jet or something. Broadway Joe is. I'm sure Broadway Joe wants to give Aaron a big old kiss this morning. Because he did give Rodgers his blessing on number 12. But Aaron decided to go with his number from college anyway. So, well, thanks, Joe, but no thanks. 
So we all had to wait six long weeks, but the new era of NYJ football has officially begun. And I'm going to say it worth the cost to take that swing for the Jets, and it's a big swing. It's a big swing. They gave up a fair amount. Notice I'm not saying they overpaid. I don't think they did. But they did give up a fair amount, and it's a big-ass swing. But you know what? Sometimes you got to give up that amount to get me to talk about the Jets in a positive manner, which is what I'm about to do. I'm going to say, yes, it was worth a first-round pick swap and a second-rounder and a conditional second-rounder that will most likely become a first-rounder if he does take part in 65% or more of their snaps. Because up until yesterday, why is this worth it? Until about five minutes ago, the Jets were a team with the pieces to compete, but with a coog hunting bust, a QB. Now, I'm sure Zach Wilson will do everything in his power to make Aaron's life miserable at practice yeah, every single day. Hell in practice every day. Except everybody knows that he would have done an even more horrible job and made everybody else's life so much more miserable if he quarterbacked the Jets again this year. And the Jets know that, and there was no way in hell they were ever going to let that happen. The Jets needed to make a big move. Not a move, but a big move. They needed a big swing. And they're swinging for the fences. They're swinging for the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying this move in and of itself makes them the team to beat in the AFC. Or even necessarily the team to beat in the AFC East. I'm not sure it even does that. But what it does do is it leads, it puts them in the conversation. A conversation that has not included the Jets in years. Anytime they raise their hand and they say, oh, excuse me, the rest of the AFC that mattered would just turn to the Jets and say, shut up. This does not concern you. This conversation does not concern you. Shut your mouth and sit down. And it didn't. And now it might. Now, again, I don't want to get it twisted. A 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers coming off the year that he had, not a good year, does not guarantee the Jets really anything at all. It certainly does not guarantee that they're about to snap the longest playoff drought in all of major American professional sports. It certainly does not guarantee that the Jets are going to win or even make it to their first Super Bowl in over 50 years. This deal does not even guarantee that they're going to win their own division. But it does give them at least a chance at all of those things because there's so much to like about the Jets except their quarterback play. Now, we are talking about an AFC field that could potentially feature Mahomes, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence now, and Lamar Jackson. Nothing easy in the AFC. Nothing easy. But at least the Jets have a legitimate seat at the table. When they sit down, no one's going to rip that chair behind them. They have a reason to believe they can actually compete. And that's definitely worth the pick swap and the second rounder and the conditional second rounder. It's probably going to become a first. Especially if they get more than one year out of him. Which has got to be the hope, right? And most of all, Especially if they're getting a pissed off, motivated, gigantic chip on his shoulder, Aaron Rodgers. Vindictive Aaron is the best Aaron. 
And if they're getting a guy who wants to jam it up Green Bay's backside, who's hearing all you Packer fans hating on this guy, saying you can't wait to see this guy leave town and have the door hit him in the ass. And he's got something for everybody who says he's washed and a weirdo because you know he hears everything. He looks for this stuff. If they're getting that guy, and if they get this guy in the facility earlier than normal, and this guy's locked, and he's dialed, and he wants to change the narrative, and he wants to jam it up everybody's backside, then it says here, and and one more thing, and he's got something left in the tank, and I think he does. The Jets are banking on the fact that he's not washed. He's not in decline. He was hurt last year, and he had some receivers that were not that experienced, and he was not in the best place. But he's going to be healthy. He's going to be motivated, and he's going to have weapons. If they're getting that guy, and especially with that coog hunting dope making his life a living hell in practice every single day. It's windy as hell out there too, guys. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the swing. I think it's brass, even at that age. Again, notice, I'm not saying that this makes them Super Bowl contenders. I'm not guaranteeing anything because there are no guarantees, especially from a 39-year-old dude who's coming off a down season, especially from a dude who started the offseason by saying, I'm 90% certain I don't want to play. But that all changed. Right or wrong, that all changed. So I do love the Jets taking the big swing and not settling for this safer, more conservative play in Derek Carr. I love it because dudes' legacies and their jobs are riding on this. And if you're a fan, this is what you want from your team, especially one that has sucked as long as the Jets have. You want them to do everything in their power to win and win right now. Don't waste an awesome defense. Don't waste young weapons on offense who are on rookie contracts. Get an angry, motivated Aaron Rodgers and turn this dude loose. No, he's not the guy he used to be. No, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Joe Burrow. Not at this point. But he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he can still be effective as hell. And the Jets already matter 20 times more right now than they did 20 hours ago. And I, for one, can't wait to see this dude hit the ground in New York and start sparring with the New York media and improving the culture in that facility. I can't promise a deep season run or a postseason run, but I do love the big swing. And I love that for the first time in forever, the Jets actually matter. I actually love that move, and I'll love it even more if Aaron shows up and wants to be that guy and improve the culture in the organization and the facility and gets there early and connects with his dudes. I hate to say it, but like Bacon 45. Bacon 45 did that for the Bucs. He did. The second he got there, everybody in that building was raving about dude. The entire tone changed. The entire culture is changing. Nobody can have that kind of singular impact on an organization except Bacon 45. I think Aaron can, if he puts all that other side aside, stuff aside, and makes football, if not his singular focus, but his primary focus or his most important focus. 
and I think he might. I don't know for certain, but if he's this bent and he's got this much of a chip on his shoulder and he wants to jam Green Bay and he wants to jam everybody who says he's washed, you might get that guy. And if you get that guy and that guy stays healthy, he can still make plays and they'll matter. I like it. And it's for Green Bay. I'm not saying you made the wrong decision. I'm just saying, Green Bay fan, I don't know that you want to keep kicking this guy on the way out the door. All right, he's gone. It's over. You have your guy. You want Jordan Love? You got him. Let's see. And Green Bay at some point had to move on. And Green Bay, really quickly, rather than kill this guy, probably you should be thankful for this guy because, one, he's the best player in the history of your franchise. He is. And two, you've just had like 40 years of uninterrupted Hall of Fame quarterback play. The hell are you so upset? Do you remember what it was like before Favre arrived? Who else could say they've had 40 years of uninterrupted Hall of Fame quarterback play? And you're that angry? Nobody, man. How about thank you? Good luck. Hell of a run. An amazing run. I'm going to argue for one of the most storied franchises in all of sports. He, in fact, is probably your best player ever. For all the Hall of Famers you have. And you're going to talk that much junk about this guy and kill this guy on the way out the door. All right. The guy that you called washed had 26 TDs. And 12 picks last year. Not a good year for him. But not 12 TDs and 26 picks. And one year removed from going back-to-back as an MVP. If Zach Wilson was 26-12, and 12, man, he cut off his arm for that kind of year. I don't know, Packer fan. I know you have more class than that. You really hate that guy that much? Man, you must know something about Jordan Love that the rest of us don't know. You must think that Jordan Love is going to be the next. He'll be the third, right? You get 15, 18 years out of Favre, 15 years, 18 years out of Aaron Rodgers, 15, 18 years out of Jordan Love. You must know that because that's how you sound. You act like you know. Good. Congrats. Glad you found your next Aaron Rodgers. And again, and again, I'm not guaranteeing anything, just that this is going to be fun. I like it. I love that move. And I love vindictive Aaron. Hey, Rome, I think the only thing better than Aaron Rodgers coming in and taking the Cougar Hunter's job would be Rodgers coming in and slays the Coog Hunter's mom. Nothing says I'm your daddy like taking his job while getting nice with his mom. That would be awesome. The only thing more awesome than that is who sent that. Let me reread that. Romy, I think the only thing better than Aaron Rodgers coming in and taking the Cougar Hunter's job would be if Rodgers comes in and slays the Coog Hunter's mom. Nothing says, I'm your daddy, like taking his job while getting nice with his mom. That 
would be awesome. That's incredible. And the only thing better than that take is who sent that take. Wait for it. Amber. War Lady Clones. War Lady Clones. Amber has got the take of the day so far. She ain't playing. Don't you get up in here and say, hey, Rome, if Will sent that, you'd ban him for life. No, I wouldn't. But he wouldn't send that because he doesn't have that kind of game. Most of you dudes don't have Amber's game. Fact. I wish you did because she's only one person. All right, when we come back, what are your thoughts on this? Packer fans already starting to come in and pile on. Good. Beat it. Get out of here, jerk. We've had enough. I don't know. Maybe a thank you. It's a four-time MVP. Maybe a thank you. Get. Get out of here, Aaron. Get. It's Jordan's turn. Yes, it is. Get. Get. Cut the crap. Get the crap, Aaron. Get. Get. Jess fan, how you feeling? Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? He is Bijan Robinson and joins me via Zoom. Bijan, good to have you back. How are you? Man, I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. How's everything going with you? Everything is great here. It's good to hear your voice. Good to see you, in fact. So let me ask you, we're two days out from the draft, yes. and you know I've asked the same variation of this question of almost everybody who's come on who's getting ready for the draft. But after years of grit and grind and commitment, you are on the verge of realizing a lifelong dream. Can you explain what that feels like today and what kind of emotions you're experiencing as you get closer and closer to this monumental moment? Yeah, I mean, man, it's just like, obviously, it's just such a blessing, um, you know, to have, you know, God put me in this position uh, and him just bless me with, with, with so many great opportunities. And I think that this opportunity right here is just, you know, obviously a dream that I've had for for a really long time. Um, and I, I'm just like so excited to just to be a part um, in Kansas City and just to be here uh, and see so many like great, great players, great people uh, and build so many relationships while, while I am here. But man, I mean, uh, it, it's it's an amazing opportunity, obviously, and for me, uh, you know, I can't wait to see where I end up at, 
just like everybody else, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun ride, whoever, whoever I go to for sure. All right. So that answer leads me right to the next point. I want to ask you this because when you and I spoke back in November, I was really impressed with, well, like what I just heard, impressed with your energy, impressed with your positive mindset. I'm curious, the draft process can be really exhausting, really successful. These qualities that I just mentioned, were any of them tested during that process? Because that can be a pretty trying process. Um, you know, I, I guess for me, like, I was just trying to enjoy the moments of everything because, you know, I only get it one time. Obviously, like, you know, there's some moments where you're just like, all right, um, you know, you got to buckle down and, and, you know, focus up and, you know, because it, it can be a lot for, for a player. And I think for me, like, I, I enjoyed it a lot just because, you know, I, I was learning so much about myself and learning so much about other teams and, you know, how, how I need to approach, you know, different situations and different people. Uh, but I mean, if, if this is your first time going through something like this, then yeah, it can be, it can be a lot for a player for sure. Uh, but I, I just try to just keep that positive mindset, you know, just like you said, and, and just enjoy the moment because, you know, you can only get this moment one time and you want to make the most of it. So that's, that's where I put my mind at every time I, every time I try to go through something. It's such a great approach. It is such a great mindset and such a great approach to know that this may be the only shot I have at this. It doesn't mean it's easy, but you have to embrace it. You got to embrace it all because there's going to be an experience and it's an opportunity to get better. I love that. We're talking to Bijan Robinson. So Texas of course has this incredible tradition of running back so much so that when you won the Doak Walker award, you became the fourth Longhorn to do so. You had a two-time winner in Ricky Williams you had Cedric Benson you had Deontay Foreman what's it mean to join those exclusive three in this really exclusive group and to continue Texas's great running back tradition yeah I mean it's obviously amazing Um, but I think that I think that the reason why I think Texas is like the the school of running backs is because like those guys really do come back and, and help out the the next man um and I know every single one of those guys and, you know, obviously, you know, rest in peace to Cedric, but, you know, the other guys, you know, really come back to the school and, and help me um, and, and give, just give me advice. You know, they'll call me, you know, once every two weeks just to make sure I'm good or, or once every month just to make sure I'm, I'm doing all right. And if I needed help in any way, shape or form, they're always here for me. Uh, and even like Earl Campbell, like he's always at the school. Uh, always roaming around and just making sure that, you know, I'm doing the right things uh, to, to succeed, you know, at Texas and just in life. Uh, so that's why I think that that's, you know, the school where, you know, running back should, should be at because we always come back. And even for the next guys that are coming up, um, you know, my coach at Texas, Coach Choice, he got the top, you know, number one, you know, running backs in the, in the next couple classes. So I want to be a guy that to always come back and just help them, help them out in every way, shape or form and be an example, obviously. Uh, in the NFL for those guys as well. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Earl Campbell. That's more of uh, my generation. You ever log any time on YouTube and watch Earl Campbell, man, the big fella? You ever watch the way he got down and the way he played? And if you watched him play and you've seen video of him play, what kind of thoughts do you have? Yeah. I mean, he, he let he let nothing in the tank. Like, he left nothing in the tank. That dude was – he was a bulldozer. Uh, he just used to just run through people just so bad, like – I don't, know, I don't know how those guys survived trying to play against that dude. Uh, I mean, he would run through their chest, and I feel like their heart is just, like, not built for that. Uh, but he, he was a monster. He was obviously a beast. And even just how he handled himself in the league and in college, like, he was always the man, but he, he just did it in such the right way and such a way of, you know, so much confidence and, and 
you know, just love for the game. That's why I think that he was the way that he was. But you know, he was an animal, man. And, and obviously, he, he was a Hall of Famer, uh, the Heisman the Trophy winner. But he, he deserved everything that he got. Be John Robinson joining us. You know, I wonder, like, we could talk about the great Longhorn backs, and we have. But, you know, if you want to get into that conversation, we can go back and forth about who's the GOAT at that position. I would say this, and you tell me, because I know you're somebody who not only studies the game, but you study the position, and you study the guys who came before you. We could talk about who might be the best or not, but I would argue this. I have never seen a dude or a guy like Barry Sanders. Like, that's the most unique running back I've ever seen. I'm not saying the best, and he might be, but the most I most unique I've ever seen. When you watch him and you watch his game, where's his separation? What were you most impressed with when you watched Barry Sanders tote the rock? Yeah, well, in my opinion, he is the best the best to ever play the game. Um, and the, the reason why I say that just because, you know, you when you have guys that, that can get out of, you know, certain situations in the backfield and still, you know, create yards for themselves, you know, without you know, having to to run through an open hole or to to run through open gaps, but having to actually do things in the backfield to create yards for yourself. Um, I think that's what separates you as a running back. And for him, uh, you know, he, he was obviously amazing at making two guys miss. You know, obviously, if you're a running back, you obviously need to make the first guy miss always. You know, that's, that's a rule. But if you can make the first and second guy miss and still get 15, 20 to 50 yards, um, then that's what makes you the, the running back that you can be. And for him, like he would he would break some tackles sometimes and he would be like super low to the ground and still know how to, you know, either spin out of it or change direction that that a lot of people just can't do. And that's you know what I value my game at. Um, and that's how I try to run the ball. Uh, and for him doing that, you know, especially you know, for for the era that he was playing in where dudes can just come and kill you, like knock you out. Uh, but for him just to understand how to avoid and, and get loose, I mean, that's why I, that's why I think he's the, the greatest running back to ever, to ever play the game. So. Yeah, that is such a good yeah, argument you make right for him. No, you, you make such a good argument for him. That is that. In fact, you just said that extraordinarily well. <laughs> he, I've never seen a guy make something out of nothing as consistently as he did. And I don't mean something yeah. out of nothing like he just ripped off four yards, six yards, moved the chains. I mean, home run, home runs out of nothing. It was incredible. Yeah. Bijan Robinson joining us. So let me ask you this. You're, like, you're right. I think you can do things that other guys can't do. And I know that you know that not a single running back was taken in the first round last year. How do you feel about that? You know, the way the league values running backs right now. And if a team were to say to you, why should we use our first round pick on you? What would you tell them? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I feel that, you know, you need, you need, you need game changers now uh, in this game. And for me, I think I'm a guy that, you know, is very versatile. Uh, you know, you can't be the one dimensional running back, you know, anymore. Uh, in this league, like you need to be a guy that can be really versatile right at that receiver slot uh, and still make that same effect and make that same impact in those positions as you do as a running back. Um, and even for me, you know, obviously pass blocking is is really important uh, for myself and in, in the NFL. And I think if you can do it, if you can get a guy that can do all that, um, then that's what benefits your team. And, you know, obviously the offense is such a high level. And I think even off the field, uh, you know, impacting communities, impacting uh, you know, kids, adults. Uh, you know, those are those are things that you really look forward to in a, in a guy as well. And if you have a guy that can change the city, 
and help a team, you know, win win those kind of games and win championships, then that's when the running back position, uh, I think that it should be valued as at the level it should be. All right. So listen, I know exactly what you just said. I heard everything you just said, and I respect everything you just said, and I respect what you're about. You're an extremely humble guy. So I don't want you to think. I, I hope that you can play along with this because I'm really interested in this. I'm a car guy. As part of NIL, you partnered with a local Lamborghini dealership. Dude, listen, I know what you're about. You're about all the right stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. You earn that. I love that about you, in fact. I want to know about that rig, all right? So I'm a car guy, but I've never gotten behind the wheel of one of those rigs. It's a pretty involved ride. Can you play a little ball with me? Can you tell me what that car is like? Like, can you use that as a daily driver, or do you pick your spots when and where to bust that rig out? What is that car like? I'm dying to know. Okay, so you know you're a car guy. I'm not a car guy, uh, but that is a pretty cool car. Uh, obviously, um, you know I'll, I'll I'll try to like you know just drive it on like on weekends, um, you know because that just I'm one of the tension is just I don't know it's like a weird feeling. Uh, obviously, it's a really awesome car to have. You know the, the Lamborghini like you see, especially in Austin, you'll probably see a Lamborghini on the street. You got people like looking looking in the window. Um, and if they see it's me, then they're trying to holler. People will get out the car. Uh, so like, that's more of like a weekend, a weekend car, but it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's fast car, uh, nice luxury car, but I mean, it's, it's just a, just a material thing that, that I've been blessed to have, um, in my time, you know, at Texas and hopefully in the future as well. You nailed it, dude. You nailed That's exactly what that is. You nailed every part of that. That is exactly what that is. It's just a material thing, but it's kind of cool and it's kind of neat yeah. and you earned it and hopefully you'll have it again sometime. And you're right. That is a weekend driver, dude. You can't be going to the store. You can't be yeah. going to get your dry cleaning with that. That's not an easy car to drive. And you're oh. right. Everybody's going to stop you and they're going to want to pick. And when they find out who's behind the wheel of that car, yeah. they're really going to want to pick. So you get it. Listen, you're appearing courtesy today of Old Spice. What are you doing with those folks? What's the program? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm happy to really be here with Old Spice. Um, and, you know, to, to be a part of, you know, just the mentorship that, that guys bring in and just empowering guys to, you know, be a mentor for, you know, for kids. Um, and for me, uh, you know, the mentorship is, has been really important in my life. And I've had so many mentors in my life, uh, from coaches to my family. And, you know, I have a guy named uh, Kevin Washington, who's a, a major mentor in my life when it came to, you know, my faith, you know, my faith is such a big thing for me and, just bring that positivity every single day in practice and in class uh, and life. You know, he just taught me so many different things. And I think it's important because, you know, a lot of kids don't have that mentorship and a lot of kids, you know, that's, that's the missing piece in their life. Um, so, you know, I think it's important, you know, there's, there's over 30,000 kids uh, with the big brothers, big sisters uh, wish list that, that these kids need help. And I think it's you know really important um, for these people to sign up to at Old Spice, you know, School of Swagger, and you know just to give them an opportunity to to mentor these kids and, and get these kids through high school, through college, and you know let them you know live the life that they should be living. Um, but for me, I think it's 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 really cool opportunity to, to partner with Old Spice and to see what they're trying to do um, for the community, for for kids, for teenagers. Um, and just for people to, to really take notice of it. So that's why I'm here with Old Spice, and, and it's just been amazing with them, man. 
Good for you. It's a great program. It's a great message. Yep. And you, my man, are all class, 100% class, on the field, off the field. I knew after you and I had a conversation in November that we'd have to run it back again when we could, so I wanted to jump on that opportunity. Yep. Bijan, great to have you on the show, man. I really do appreciate you. Congrats on the run you've had so far. I'm really eager to see where you end up, and as soon as you get settled, I would love to have a conversation with you again. Great to have you back on. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it was awesome to talk to you again. And thanks for having me on the show, man. My man, you got it. Be good. David in Green Bay, what's going on? Happening, Jimmy. How you doing? Good, dude. How about you? I'm good. Hey, uh, your call screener said I was going to jump around, or I was jumping around a lot. I might be a jungle squirrel today, but first thing I wanted to do is agree with you on Space Jam. Uh, that movie was horrible. That movie will make you uh, fill a toilet the capacity quicker than Andre the Giant. Have you ever read some of those stories from the cleaning ladies on Reddit? Oh, grosser than parody Larry with a good new idea. Hey, anyways, um, a 27-year clone tour stop three attendee. I'd like to thank you for making me laugh a lot over the years. Last time I called in and you gave me a vine, I was the first one to uh, call out the Bucks. We're going to win the championship, I said, with uh, Tucker now there and someone that can throw a foul. Bucks are going to win it all. You said your Lakers are going to have something to say about that. Jimmy, you were wrong. Anyways, I'm not here to give any real basketball takes on the Bucks today, but I will say something about Lopez. All of these announcers and everyone are wondering, where's the big man? Where's the old guy finding all this energy? It's Lopez's new girlfriend. I mean, he's out there playing like a 16-year-old kid who just made varsity and got a new girlfriend. That's what's going on with him. Anyways, Jimmy. Ah, You're right, dude. You are no. all over the map. You don't like that copy. Talk like about Andre the Giant filling toilets, and I would know about it if I read the Reddit thread from his housekeepers. That's how you start that call off. I say you're in market on topic, and you're talking about Andre the Giant filling toilet bowls. And on a day where your Bucks are on the verge of getting run the hell out the playoffs by Miami. You want to inform me that you were right and I was wrong about something that probably I didn't say back in the day. You've been listening 27 years, and that's what you think a good call is? Damn, David. Wow. All right. 27 years in, and that's what you're bringing to me. Andre the Giant Diarrhea Smack. Did, did you even get to the reason you said you were calling Aaron Rodgers? I gave you plenty of time, dude. But you did not get there. Good night now!